Good morning. It's a real pleasure to be here with you this morning. I've had uh, different times over the last uh, decade to have uh, a chance to be with you all. First, I was a student at SFTS, and during that time, I was able to be with you all in different capacities, and then I was on staff at SFTS. Joanne Witt was my pastor at San Francisco, in San Francisco at Calvary Presbyterian Church, and so I feel a deep connection to this church and to this community. So it's a real pleasure to be here with you this morning. Thank you for welcoming me here. Let us listen now to the second reading that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 32 to 40. Let us listen for God's word this morning. Do not be afraid, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will, be, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. We celebrate the written word of Scripture. We celebrate the living word, Christ, among us. Please join your hearts with me in prayer. Spirit of God moving among us now, quiet in us any voice but your own. Open us to hear your word for us this morning, and to be ready to be transformed by it. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as Diana was talking about taking trips and traveling, I love to travel. I travel a lot. My job requires that I do, so it's a good thing that I like to travel. But I also take a lot of trips on my own. And throughout my life, whenever I've traveled, I've experienced what Diana was talking about, these times of just unexpected delays, or maybe even expected delays. I think we have become very accustomed in the United States now and across the the globe to having to allot an awful lot more time to our traveling. Since uh, September 11, 2001, with all the new regulations for screening at airports and all the different borders that we have to cross, when we travel, we have to allot a lot more time for getting through security checkpoints, for getting onto planes if we're on that, if getting onto trains or buses if we're going that direction. It just takes a lot of time. So you have to get there early. And maybe you get through quickly, and then you have a whole bunch of time to wait until your train or your plane or your uh, bus leaves. And so what are you doing? You have, 
you have a bag full of stuff. You have a bag full of tricks and snacks and liquids and, well, you have to buy those if you're at the airport because they don't let you go through with the liquids anymore. All these things that we've learned to do to help us on our journey along because we just know it's going to take some time. And you have to plan for the unexpected like Diana was talking about. You think you're going to have a three-hour drive and all of a sudden it turns into four or five or who knows how long because a traffic accident or the road closes for snow or who knows what happens. Things happen. Things happen along the way that we're not expecting, and so we have to be prepared for what to do when that does happen. And it only gets, these, these complications only get more so, more extreme, when we travel with a group. When I was in high school, I was a part of a, a, a band that represented the state of Michigan um, for the Lions Club International. So they would choose people, choose high school students from the high schools around the state to be members of this band, to go with the Lions of Michigan to their international gathering, wherever that was. I went to many great places throughout my time in high school with this. It was a large group. My band and all the people that traveled with it had 200 people in it. Can you imagine traveling with 200 people? Think about when you travel on your own and how much that takes. Now times that by 200. High schoolers. So it was amazing. It was definitely a lot of hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. We did that a lot. We got used to it. It was just part of the role. We said, be there at 9 a.m., so we were all down there with all our stuff, but, you know, somebody lagged. They forgot something. They had to go back to the room and get it. Or, you know, the instruments that we really need. Oops, we left that there. We have to go back. We have to get that. There was a lot of hurry up and wait. But it was a fun time. We had a lot of fun along the way. Even when it's not a group of 200 people, even when it's a smaller group, there's still, whenever there are more than one or two people involved, it's kind of like this accordion, you know? You get some who are up here, but you've got these back here, and they have to catch up. And then you get a head, and you have to catch up. It's, a, it's accordion. You, kind of, you get there in stages. It never happens smoothly. That is the nature of travel. That is the nature of the Christian life as well. Jesus is telling his disciples about this kingdom that God is setting up, God's realm, that God has rooms for all in. This is something that the disciples who were following him were really eager to know about. They were following him because they believed that Jesus was the Messiah going to bring about God's kingdom and make it real for them. That's why they were there. That's why they were following him. That's why they were talking to all those who would come to hear what Jesus had to say and say, yeah, he's the one. He's who we should be listening to. But Jesus kept talking about it, but not really doing the things that they thought that he should do to make that be a reality. He wasn't acting like a Messiah would in their mind, so he had to keep reassuring them, no, I am here to do my Father's work. And I'm doing it in the way I'm supposed to be doing it. It may not look like what you were expecting, but it is what is supposed to happen. So have faith. Don't fear. All will be as it should be. He had to tell them that again and again and again. Because they, they'd hear it and they go, oh, okay, mm-hmm. And then they'd get another patch of this waiting, and they'd be like, why, why are we waiting? Why aren't we there yet? 
Why can't we have this done with already? And he'd say, it's not time yet. Wait. So he had to keep reassuring them. All will be as it should be. All is as it is should be right now. Things are happening as they should be. And Paul had to tell Paul's, the people that Paul worked with the same kind of message because they heard Jesus' words of God's realm being made real, and they wanted it to be happening right now as well. There's urgency in Jesus' words in Luke. Be vigilant. Be ready. You don't know when this is going to happen. And so they thought, okay, we're ready. It's hard to stay in a constant state of vigilant waiting. It, it, it's not possible to always be on the edge like that. So they were having to try and figure out, how do we be in this, this place of being ready for God to come in the Son of Man, and yet be waiting? How do you do that? How are you both ready and, and waiting? And so Paul had to write to his uh, communities that he worked with to say the same thing. God is working in this world and will bring about God's realm, and we don't know when that will be, but we have to remain ready. Ready for God to be here and uh, God's realm to be made real, finalized at any point. And we today still, here almost 2,000 years after Jesus' words, hear these words and say, okay, really? We're supposed to be vigilant for 2,000 years? That's a long time to be waiting on the edge of your seat, isn't it? And yet these words still ring true for us today. So how do we wait? You can't bring enough games along for 2,000 years, can you? That's a long time to wait. And so the, the problem with this thinking is we're looking at the end. We're looking at the destination. We're looking at the final realized realm of God which we don't even know what that looks like. We get some glimpses of it from the scriptures, but we don't exactly know what that means. But we're waiting for that end point. When's it going to end? When's it all going to be done? When is Jesus going to return and make God's realm real? When is that, God? Have you ever asked God that? When is that? Can it be already? Sometimes we get there. We want to know, okay, why are we still waiting? Why is our world still imperfect? Why do we not have the new heaven and the new earth now? But Jesus says, don't just look to the end. The end is to be anticipated. The end is what we really want, God's new heaven and new earth. That is what we're all living in anticipation of. But if we only focus on the end, then all of this that happens in the middle is, is frustrating. It's painful. It's to be thrown away. But Jesus doesn't want us there. Jesus says, sell your possessions, give alms, make purses for yourself. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Live in anticipation of that. Live to make it real now. If your heart is living in that realm, wherever you are, it will be real. We are to enjoy the journey as much as the destination. If we are living into God's realm now, we can make it real now. Not realized, not finished, but real. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do. And 
the book of Hebrews gives us examples of people who did that as well. People who stepped out in faith in times that looked rather crazy. Abram called to leave everything and go to a place that he had no idea what it was. Told, yep, just go in this general direction and I'll make it work out for you. Would you have done that? I don't think I would have. He says, okay. And his decision not only affects him, but all those people that he's responsible for. They all pick up and they all go on this journey together, trusting that God will make it all glorify God and be, uh, be what it is to be to help God's realm come about. It is really tempting to just look at, I'm going to this great place, and really focus on that place, and forget that all that comes in between is part of it as well. But God is making God's realm real around us each day in many and various ways. God is calling us to have our eyes open to see where that is happening. Do you look around you each day and do you notice where God's realm is being made real by somebody who stops and before they make sure that they have their own needs cared for, looks out for the needs of someone else? Have you ever noticed someone who, who picks up somebody's purse that fell or stops and helps somebody across the road when it's a little dangerous or a little unsteady? Have you ever noticed someone who doesn't just plow ahead to make sure that their needs are met, but cares for the needs of the other as well. That's God's realm being made real here and among us. Have you ever noticed the time when you can do that? When you can be that person who helps pick up something off the floor or helps somebody cross the street or lets somebody in front of you in the line because you have a lot of stuff and they only have one thing. Things like that, little things every day, make God's love real in this world. And when we do that, we make God's realm real in this world. It is through those things that God acts. God acts in and through the world that God has made to make God's realm a reality every day. If we only focus on when's it all going to be finished, we're missing the point. Heaven is not just a finished. Heaven is an already as well as a not yet. How are we living into the already so that it brings about the not yet? God calls us to be present in both. Present in our actions today, present in our anticipation of what will be. May it be so. Amen.